It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. Um, This is your show host, Randy Fine, and I'm doing my show at an unusual time today. So if you've been sort of waiting for it to start, um, the reason is I, my guest today, Dr. Bradley Nelson, was supposed to be a guest last week, and I had to change it. So he asked if he could come today um, at kind of a 15 minute after the hour start. So we're getting a late start to the show. But um, Dr. Bradley Nelson, uh, he's actually been on my show before. Very interesting guy. Let me tell you about uh, what's going on. So today we're going to be talking about experiencing deep grief, hurt, loss, and what it's like to feel blocked from your heart wall. So when you experience deep grief, hurt, or loss, it may be interpreted as an assault on the core of your being, your heart. And today's special guest, Dr. Brad, says these feelings can be so uncomfortable, so foreign, and so difficult to deal with that they often result in the formation of an energetic wall put up to protect the heart from further injury. A heart wall is your body's attempt to protect your vulnerable heart. When this energetic barrier of trapped emotions forms, it can keep us from feeling hurtful, negative emotions as deeply. Although this can be helpful in the short term, the problem is that it inhibits our ability to feel loving, joyful, wonderful emotions as well. Having a heart wall can make a give and receive love and can block you from fully experiencing positive emotions such as happiness, gratitude, empathy, and more. It can cause feelings of loneliness, isolation, and sadness, as well as physical health issues. Veteran holistic physician Dr. Bradley Nelson is one of the world's foremost experts on natural methods of achieving wellness. He has trained thousands of certified practitioners worldwide to help people overcome physical and emotional discomfort by releasing their emotional baggage. His best-selling book, The Emotion Code, which I talked about on my show probably a few years ago, provides step-by-step instructions for working with the body's energies, healing power, and um, for more information and a free emotional code, emotion code starter kit, visit discoveryhealing.com. So now we're just waiting for Dr. Brad to join us. Um, You know, when I originally got this this pitch, when I was reintroduced to Dr. Brad, um, it was really about having him on for Valentine's Day because it was about heart and um, it seemed like an appropriate time for this kind of thing. But Dr. Brad was very busy, and he was not able to connect with us at that time. So we're doing it now. Um, 
<clears throat> but it is really about love and um, feeling blocked from it. And we're waiting for Dr. Brad to join. Uh, there he is. Okay, so let's bring him on. Hello. Hi, welcome, Dr. Brad. This is Randy, and this is a fine time for healing, and we're waiting for you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Randy. Great to be here. Yeah. You know, I had you back, I had you here a couple of years ago to talk about the emotion code, and um, I'm really excited to Mm -hmm. have you back. So I was just saying to my listeners that um, when I first got this, it was sort of like a Valentine's Day promotion. But you were very busy and we weren't able to do it then. But so today we're going to be talking about is a heart wall blocking you from experiencing love? What is a heart wall? Well, to understand what a heart wall is, you first of all have to uh, understand what our bodies really are. And to do this, um, take a look at your hand. Now that hand looks pretty solid, right? And if you slap it down on your desk makes a nice thunk sound, but if you put your hand under a microscope and you start zooming in, uh, pretty soon the hand doesn't look like it used to. Uh, If you magnify your hand about 850,000 times uh, under a microscope, you might be looking at a strand of DNA that doesn't look anything like your hand. Um, And if you keep zooming in, uh, somewhere around a million times magnification or more, you find yourself looking at an individual atom. And there's lots and lots of distance between that atom and other atoms. And um, if you look inside that atom, you see there's really nothing in there. It's just empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light. And that's really what we are. Uh, We're made of atoms. Atoms are made of energy. We are beings of pure energy. So what happens to us sometimes is we go through intense emotional experiences. Sometimes we go through breakups. Sometimes uh, people get sick. Sometimes people die that we love. Um, Sometimes we have bad work situations or sometimes we're bullied as children. We all go through these difficult emotional experiences that we would rather not go through. And during those times when we're experiencing those intense emotions, what's happening to us on a quantum level, on that lowest level of reality, is that uh, our bodies are experiencing these new vibrations, these emotional energies. Every emotion you see uh, can be looked at as a frequency of energy. So anger is a different vibrational frequency in the body uh, than uh, grief, and that's different from frustration. And they're all different, but when you're feeling an emotion powerfully, sometimes it's just too powerful. And so we end up with... uh, some what we call emotional baggage with the trapped emotional energies that are in our bodies. And, uh, and what can happen is these energies then can interfere with our ability to really manifest uh, the life that we want and they can stop us from really um, reaching our destinies and, and becoming who we are capable of becoming in this world. So now let's talk about the heart. Um, Back in the 1960s, when doctors first started doing heart transplants, uh, it didn't take long before people started coming back to them uh, with strange stories to tell. Sometimes uh, they would tell the doctor that uh, their taste in music had completely changed. 
or their taste in food or sports. Sometimes people would report of having uh, new memories uh, of being in places in the world that they never in their life had ever visited. Sometimes their handwriting would actually change radically. And in every case, when these people were connected to the family members of the heart donor, they would find out, oh my gosh, that, that yes, that's our son's handwriting that you have. How strange is that? You have his heart and also his handwriting. Or they would say things like, well, yes, our daughter visited Rome every year, and now you have memories of being in Rome, but you've never visited Rome in your whole life. You must have her memories. Huh? How bizarre. And there are books written about this, right? It's called Cellular Memory. So um, the ancient peoples believed that the heart was the seat of the soul and the source of love and creativity and romance. And even today, those ancient ideas have passed down to us um, mainly um, on Valentine's Day when, when you get something uh, from somebody that uh, likes you. Uh, it might come in a box the shape of a heart, right? <laughs> You've probably right. gotten some of those, right, Randy? Of course, of course. Everything's heart-shaped for Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? It's all about the heart. Well, right. that comes from those ancient ideas, right? From those ancient peoples that believed that the heart really was much more than what we believe. See, in Western medicine, uh, starting really with the Industrial Revolution, the body was looked at as a machine. So the heart was looked at as a machine, and it's still looked at that way by and large by Western medicine. It's a machine, it's just a muscle, it just pumps blood, that's all it does. So these ideas that the ancient peoples had of the heart being all of these other things, you know, the seat of the soul and the core of our being and the source of love and romance and everything else, those ideas have just been set aside in the modern world. But now what we're finding is that uh, those ancient peoples were right uh, because, uh, because now we're developing instrumentation that can measure the heart um, very, um, very um, accurately. And what they're finding is that uh, the heart, first of all, puts out this biomagnetic field that goes out around the body um, and is about 12 feet in diameter. And they found that when one person's feeling love or affection for another person, um, their heartbeat will actually show up and become measurable in the brain waves of that person that they're, uh, that they're focusing their love and affection on. So there's this communication going on between all of us all the time. Well, uh, I believe the ancients were absolutely right. And so if you think back on a time in your life when you felt like your heart was breaking... Maybe, uh, maybe you were going through a relationship breakup. Maybe, maybe someone was really sick that you loved. Maybe someone had passed away. Um, maybe you were just really being abused or really hurt. And it's a physical sensation that we feel uh, that we refer to as heartache or heartbreak. And you can feel like your heart is breaking. So, that's one of the ways that you can uh, you can pretty well guess it, that you uh, if you have a heart wall if you've been through something like that uh, more than once or twice 
you probably have uh, put up a wall around your heart to protect your heart from being totally broken. Can you remember, Randy, a time when you felt that, that physical Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) A couple of times. I can, too. Yes, yeah. It's it's torture. Me, me too. It's torture. You think you're going to die. You just do. Yeah, right. You think you're going to die. You think, uh, and of course, if you think about it, I mean, if your heart stops, you do die. And uh, (laughs) you know, it's fascinating. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. That was it. Yeah. um, What's fascinating is that uh, they they now know, Western medicine now admits that uh, people die from a broken heart. And uh, they discovered this in Japan, actually, a number of years ago. They found that uh, women of a certain age, usually over 60, who were experiencing some kind of an intense emotional uh, drama um, would often suffer from heart failure when there wasn't anything else wrong with their heart. Their heart would just stop. And, uh, and what they found in Japan was that uh, when, they, when they would x-ray um, women, this, this can also happen to men, but it's primarily women, uh, what they found was that when a woman is undergoing this, uh, hang on. <clears throat> Sorry, Beth. That's okay. Uh, when, a, when a woman was, yeah, <laughs> right. I forgot to turn those off. When a woman was undergoing this kind of experience, uh, and her heart was in the process of failing, what would happen is the uh, the heart would actually change its shape and what these Japanese doctors found was that the heart would assume the shape of a uh, of a jar that the Japanese fishermen use to catch octopus and the jar is called a takatsubo and it actually does I've seen these x-rays and it's really incredible the the heart instead of looking like a heart it looks like a a jar and it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of wild well in the in the west of course um uh, you know, uh, the Western medical profession also agrees you can die from a heart attack. Uh, the Japanese call it Takotsubo syndrome. In the U.S., we call it cardiac syndrome. So if you feel like your heart is failing or like you're having a heart attack, by all means, call 911. But if they come back and they tell you, well, all of your heart enzymes are normal, um, doesn't look like you actually had a heart attack, we don't know what it was, you may very well be um, on your way to heart failure. From a broken heart. Think about that. So by, we think that by removing the emotional baggage that can surround the heart, uh, we may be able to help people to, uh, to avoid that kind of an end. So one of the very first people that I saw years ago who, uh, who had this heart wall going on, uh, was a, uh, she was a nurse. She came to see me because she had neck pain. And uh, she'd seen a couple of other doctors for this neck pain. It was kind of mysterious. She wasn't getting any better. So she came in to see me, and, um, and she said that uh, she was a nurse. She was 38 years old, and she had not dated. She was single and had not dated in eight years, and she was never going to date again. She was basically celibate and was going to stay celibate. She was going to die single. She was very determined about this and very serious about it, and I – and I thought, well, that's kind of strange. And I said, well, why do you feel that way? What happened to you? And she said that eight years before, 
she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. And so, um, so using the emotion code, I found that she had put up a wall, this invisible wall of energy around her heart. What, what happens is when you put up a heart wall, uh, the, this, it's an invisible wall of energy made from your emotional baggage, which is as, as strange <laughs> as that sounds. Um, and it is kind of a strange concept. I never would have come up with this on my own. Um, it was actually um, something that was shown to me um, in one of those spiritual experiences that people sometimes have. And um, so anyway, um, using the emotion code, I was able to test her, found she had a heart wall, this energy wall around her heart. And it, it had been put up eight years before when she was uh, dating this guy that dumped her. And she was really in love with that guy. So it was really, really painful. Well, um, it took just a few minutes to release the emotional energies that had been wrapped around her heart. There were three emotions. They all had to do with the breakup. And uh, when the last one of those emotions was released, all of a sudden, instantaneously, the neck pain, which had brought her into my office, was gone completely. I mean, she went from about a nine to a zero just instantaneously. And she was thrilled, and I was grateful, and, and uh, she left the office and, uh, and didn't come back. She came back three months later, and I'll always remember this. Um, I saw her in the hallway in my office, and I said, hey. I remembered her immediately, and I said, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. How are you? What's going on? And she said, you know, she said, my neck pain, is, uh, my neck pain has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me, and that really worked. She said, mm -hmm. About two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost <laughs> eight years. Aww. And we're dating, and we're in love, and I think he's going to ask me to marry him, right? Oh, and I just wow. Thought, well, what a shift. <laughs> so, That's now, huge. think you know, about this. I was just going to say that um, yeah. I do narcissistic abuse um, coaching um, for people who have been abused by someone with narcissistic personality disorder and i excuse me i had a client who came to me this guy had been a navy seal he was the picture of health the guy was physically perfect mm -hmm. he came out of the service and got married to a woman who had narcissistic personality disorder he totally got his heart crushed and his parents, mm. who were also um, had, had this person, one of his parents had this personality disorder, totally sided. Where did he go? Oh, okay. We're waiting for him to come back. Why did he drop? Well, I'll say it and then I'll tell him again. Um, so his parents had totally sided with the ex-wife. And he was absolutely distraught, didn't know nobody. He had nobody to turn to, and it was just awful. Ah, there he is. He's back. Drop out. Okay, we lost you. Okay. So, All right. So anyway, so wait. So, so, so I was telling you. So um, the he was married to a narcissist. Uh, it didn't work out. His heart was broken. 
he tried to confide in his parents and they sided with his abusive wife and he had absolutely nobody to turn to. He started to have problems with his heart, went to the doctor. They told him, you need a heart transplant. His heart was so enlarged. You need a heart transplant. Okay. Now this guy was a Navy SEAL. Okay. He had no issues with his health until his life began to fall apart. And I said to him, you don't need a transplant or I don't think you need a transplant. You need energetic healing. You need to release the, this energy that is stuck in your heart. That's causing this problem. Um, he was very, very, um, he, I don't know that he believed me. And eventually he stopped coming to me. But it's a perfect example of what can happen physically to our heart when we are emotionally uh, distraught or traumatized, right? Yes, absolutely right. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, uh, one of the first... Uh, one of the first interesting cases that I saw was a, um, a woman that came in to see me, and uh, she's, she had been a patient of mine. I'd seen her before, but it had been a few months. So she comes in one day, and um, she thinks she's having a heart attack. Uh, her left arm's totally numb. Left side of her face is numb. She's got crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. Sure looks like a heart attack, Right. And I, I told my staff, listen, you know, we might need an ambulance. Just hang on a minute. Let me check her really quickly. And so I did, uh, using the emotion code, found she had a trapped emotion. The emotion was grief. And uh, when we use the emotion code, we can tap into the subconscious mind and ask questions about when things happened. And, and so um, this had actually occurred uh, three years before. And I was able to figure all of this out within less than a minute. But when I, when I arrived at, uh, at that that this had happened three years before, this grief, all of a sudden she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And so what happened to you? She said that three years before her husband had an affair and she found out about it and confronted him and the marriage blew up and, uh, and she was really deeply in love with him. So it was really hard for her. And um, she had tremendous grief. Well, that grief, uh, you know, we're designed to survive, right, Randy? We, things happen to us and, we move on, right? But we carry the baggage with us in so many cases, and that's what was happening with her. She had spent a year in therapy, and she'd even she'd even gotten remarried. So as far as she was concerned, that guy was just her ex. He betrayed her. It was ancient history. But as far as her body was concerned, it was still carrying that mm-hmm. grief, you see. Right. And so yeah. when I released that trapped emotion, which just takes seconds, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face just within two or three seconds. The chest pain was gone. The difficulty breathing was gone. I mean, it was just all the symptoms just instantly disappeared. And um, she left uh, my office about 10 minutes later after joking with me and my staff and chatting with us and just feeling perfectly normal and, um, and feeling so grateful that this, uh, this heart attack, these symptoms of a heart attack, anyway, were gone. So after she left, I remember sitting down at my desk thinking, wow, you know, how did, I, how did that happen? What, what did I just witness? Well... You know, we, we have this tendency from, again, from really from the Industrial Revolution that the body's a machine and, and uh, emotions don't really affect us that much because they're just emotions. And, and, um, 
But you know, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite sad stories is um, Doug Flutie um, was a football player back, I think, in the '80s for Boston, and uh, a number of years ago, his father died of a heart attack, and he was there in the hospital room um, with his father's body and his mother was there with him and they'd been there about an hour just talking and grieving. And his mother leaned over to give her husband a kiss goodbye on the forehead. And all of a sudden she was dead. She just slumped over and was gone. Her heart just instantly failed. Now that's an example of, um, of a sudden, uh, what, what we would call in Western medicine, cardiac syndrome where the heart just fails. And, that's from this intense emotional baggage. So, um, so this heart wall is an amazing thing. You know, the story that I told you about the um, about this woman that had the uh, that was basically celibate, right? And she had this terrible neck pain, and the neck pain was from this wall around her heart. Because when we released that wall, that invisible energy wall of emotional baggage, suddenly the neck pain was gone. Now, think about think about your own body right now. You know what? Do you have neck pain? Do you have difficulty um, with, your, uh, with your traps, uh, the trapezius muscles? Are they tight all the time? Um, do, you, do you feel chest pain? Do you feel a heaviness in the chest? Um, but, you know, there are other things as well. Um, do you feel like it's hard for you to really fully experience joy or happiness? What have you been through? Uh, have you felt like your heart was going to break in the past? Um, is it hard for you to really connect with other people on a deep level? Uh, is it hard, you know, have you been struggling to find your soulmate? Are you still alone? Or if you're with somebody, do you feel like you're not really totally connected? Um, do you feel closed off to love? You know, one, one of my favorite stories um, is from uh, one of our practitioners. Um, we've got about uh, almost 9,000 certified emotion code practitioners now around uh, the world, about 80 different countries. And one of them told me this story. She said that her sister had gotten divorced about nine years before. And uh, she'd, never, she'd never allowed her emotion code practitioner sister to work on her. But finally, one day she called her up and she said, listen, she said, I'm, I'm tired of being alone. She said, I really, I, I want to find somebody and uh, I'm just tired of being alone. I, I just can't keep doing this. And so would you come over and work on me? And so she did. So the two of them got together. And um, over a couple of days on this weekend, um, she was able to release her sister's heart wall. She'd put up a wall. If you've been through a divorce, by the way, I've never met anybody who'd been through a divorce who did not have a heart wall. If they didn't have one before, they had one after. Okay. And so anyway, so she works on her sister, releases her heart wall. Now, neither one of them told anybody what they were doing. Uh, it was just between them. But the fascinating thing is that um, on Monday, the phone started to ring. And that week, a number of guys that she had known from years before um, called her. <laughs> because you see, there's this... Uh, there's this energy that comes out of our heart and, uh, and it goes out into the world. And so when we fall in love, it isn't something that happens in our head. It's something that happens in our heart, right? And so, um, so the ancient peoples really were right about all of this. And uh, 
believe it or not, what we find is that about 93% of people uh, have a heart wall. They put up a wall to protect their heart from being totally broken at some point when they were being um, emotionally injured or just um, in a state of deep grief or sadness. And then the problem is having that wall, it's a defensive mechanism, right, Randy? I mean, the subconscious mind puts up this wall as a way to protect your heart from being broken uh, when the bombs are falling, right? But, um, but after the bombs stop falling, I mean, when the bully moves away or, um, you know, the funeral is over and the grieving period is over or, um, you know, you quit that awful job and you get a better job uh, or your divorce is finalized or whatever, yet you have this wall around the your heart. The is still there, right? Yep, it's still there. And so now you're living in this diminished kind of way. Because, I mean, imagine, imagine moving your heart into a bunker and then locking the door and then living the rest of your life like that. And that's what 93% of people in the world are actually doing. So if you think about that on, on a macro level, what's happening in the world is things like what's going on right now uh, in Europe, right? Right. Um, in the Ukraine, I mean, when you've got a heart wall, uh, you really don't feel very well because you see uh, the brain, we've got two brains. We've got a brain in our head and a brain in our heart. And it's the heart brain that really feels. The brain that is in our heads doesn't feel anything. That brain that's in our heads uh, is just rational and thinks, well, it's perfectly acceptable to drop bombs on people and, and um, use war to settle differences between nations, Right. And here it is, 2022, and that's still going on in the world. And a big reason for that is this heart wall phenomenon, you see. And so um, uh, it, it's been really an amazing thing over these last years since the Emotion Code book came out in, um, in 2007 to see this spread all over the world and then to start receiving all of these stories, all of these amazing testimonials from people all over the world who um, are telling us how their life has changed by having this wall removed. In fact, one of my favorite uh, testimonials that came in was from a woman in Italy. This came in a couple of years ago. This, na- this lady's uh, name um, was uh, Reluca. And she wrote in, um, and uh, in her kind of broken English, she said, uh, she's from Italy. She said, for years my marriage run badly, and then I got a new husband. So I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, she got a divorce. <laughs> and she continued, and she said, uh, she said, I hired an emotion code practitioner in Budapest to work on my husband and release his heart wall. And she said, now it's like I've got a new husband. He's so caring and so loving and so kind. And she said, and it's also changed my life too. I had a heart wall and it's changed how I feel and everything is working better in my life as well. So, um, and that points out one of the fascinating things about this is that this is energy medicine at its finest, at its most effective and energy medicine, unlike other forms of medicine, um, can be done at a distance and yet, uh, can be immediately effective because, uh, because of quantum physics. Um, so can you explain to us, since um, 
some of my listeners may not be familiar with the emotion code, exactly what that is, because you've referred to it, um, because I know that that is your, um, you know, you created this technique and it's being used worldwide. So what exactly is the emotion code? Well, the emotion code is a book and it's also a method and the method is in the book. So you can, you can buy the book. Um, from Amazon, or you can listen to it on Audible or whatever, and you can actually learn the whole entire method right from the book. Uh, the book is is uh, the book is very simple, very easy to understand. Even though we're talking about quantum physics, we don't talk about it much. Um, and even though we're talking about this uh, this method of healing, it's a it's a real breakthrough method of healing that anyone can learn. In fact. The book is simple enough that children can use it. Um, in fact, um, we've got stories of, uh, of children helping other people, helping their friends, helping their family members, uh, helping other kids. Um, and um, the beautiful thing about it is that it is so simple and it's so, uh, it's so attainable and so, so easy to use, really. So the emotion code is this method where we simply tap into the subconscious mind and, uh, and ask questions and get answers. Now, that might sound really esoteric. So let me, let me back up a little bit. You see, we, uh, we all have a conscious mind, which is where we listen to podcasts and we give interviews like, like we're doing now and, and where we spend all of our waking hours. Uh, we use our conscious mind uh, in our relationships and to take our courses at school and to work our jobs and so on. When we go to sleep, our conscious mind shuts off. What's left? Well, the subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind never shuts off. Uh, it's the part of your mind that is digesting the food that you had for breakfast. Um, it's turning that food into new nerve cells or new red blood cells. Uh, it's controlling and running all the chemical reactions that are going on in your body all the time. Your subconscious mind is so vastly intelligent that uh, I believe it, uh, it remembers everything you've ever done, every face you've ever seen in a crowd, everything you've ever eaten or tasted or touched or smelled is all in there in that uh, subconscious mind. So we rely on the subconscious mind to, uh, to tell us what's going on in the body and uh, what emotional baggage people have. And so how that works is um, the, uh, we, we use a method of muscle testing. There's various different methods. In fact, I can share with your listeners right now one of these methods if you'd like. Sure. So, so we're talking about kinesiology? Uh, right. Kinesiology, muscle testing, uh, mm -hmm. muscle response testing. It goes by lots of different names. Okay. But, um, yeah. But basically... Um, it's a way for us to tap into the internal computer. Now, I used to be a computer programmer um, starting in the early 1980s. And uh, I used to have a business called the Computer Tutor. And I used to <laughs> go into businesses back in those early days of computers. People would buy a computer for their business and there was no software and, uh, back in those days. And so I would write the software. That's what I did. So... Um, when I went to chiropractic school, uh, my instructors, I can remember saying things like, you know, the, the, the brain is the most amazing computer uh, that we know of. And I can remember sitting there as a, as a former programmer thinking, well, 
if the brain's a computer, what if we could ask questions and get answers from it? Wouldn't that be amazing? Maybe all the information's in there about what we really need. And that, Randy, is the whole paradigm. Everything that I do with the emotion code, the body code, soon the belief code and healing mastery, these levels of teaching that we're doing, um, it's all about that. It's all based on that premise that the subconscious mind knows exactly with a perfect understanding what's really wrong with someone and that we can ask questions and we can get answers and it can tell us what we really need. I mean, think about that. It's a paradigm shift that uh, I believe is really going to change uh, how we do things. It's going to change the world. So um, because we, we all have this internal computer that's so incredibly intelligent. I mean, it's amazing. So in, when I was in practice, um, having figured out how to tap into this internal computer, I spent the last 10 years of my practice working primarily with people that have been told there was really no hope for them at all, uh, people that have been given up on by Western medicine. And they would come to me as a last resort, and I would ask their internal computer what they needed, and it would give me the answers. And uh, the vast, vast majority of those people were able to get well from these incurable things. Now, um, what I found was that all of my patients, no matter how young or old they were, no matter what they'd been diagnosed with, they all had something in common, and that was this emotional baggage that we're talking about. And, uh, and all of these people that have been diagnosed with an incurable issue, uh, just coincidentally, all had a heart wall, right? So think about this. I mean, if you have pain in your body right now, there's about a 9 out of 10 probability, 90% probability that that pain is being caused by some emotional baggage. Uh, if you have been diagnosed with some disease, there's an emotional component to that disease. And that emotional component may be the biggest component of that disease. And so if you ignore that, that disease... Uh, maybe something that uh, ends your life prematurely, or you may just have to live with it forever uh, until you die. Uh, so that's what I saw in my practice. Uh, I would see cancer patients periodically, and in every single case, the cancer was an underlying cause of, or the, sorry, the emotional baggage was an underlying cause of the cancer. I've never seen a cancer that didn't have uh, an emotional component. And if you think about it, it just kind of makes sense, Right. Um, so anyway, uh, let me share with, uh, let me share with your listeners how you can actually start to tap into that subconscious mind. There's a test, the very first method of testing, uh, the subconscious that we teach in the book. And we call this the sway test. Now, how this works is, um, if you think about a plant, if you put a plant in a pot and you put it near a window, what's going to happen? Well, um, the plant is going to grow toward the window, toward the light coming in from the window, right? Right. Now, they've done, they've done studies, right, where they, um, they have found that a plant will actually grow away from um, a speaker that's playing really harsh negative music or grating kinds of sounds, annoying kinds of shrill, shrieking kinds of music. Um, a plant will grow away from that. On the other hand... A pl plants will actually grow towards the speaker that is playing really beautiful, soothing music and lullabies. Isn't that interesting? So the subconscious mind will respond to positive or, uh, or negative input just like a plant. And so here's how this works. Now, if you can stand for this, 
It works best if you're standing. If you're driving, you can do this later. If you can't stand, um, but you're sitting and you can't stand up, you can just sit on the very edge of your chair. And this can also work sitting. It works better standing. So if you can't do it now, you can come back and you can do it later. Um, but um, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to stand up, drop your hands down to your sides, close your eyes, take a breath in, let it out, and just allow yourself to relax. Now, as you're standing there, very relaxed, before long you'll notice that there, there's a little bit of movement going on that's... Uh, your natural movement. It's your postural muscles working to keep you standing upright. It's impossible actually to stand perfectly still. But now what we're going to do is we're going to allow your subconscious mind to actually speak to you. So we're going to start by thinking a negative thought that will probably result in you swaying backwards um, in the same way that a plant will grow away from a speaker that's playing harsh sounds. So let's start by thinking uh, of something that's negative. We'll end with something positive. But for a moment, I'd like you to think about the word war. Um, war may be unique to this planet. Out of all the inhabited worlds in the universe, I don't know. War is something that's been going on here for a long, long time, uh, since day one almost, I, I would say. And, um, of course, there's war going on right now that we know about. But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to think about that word for a moment. We hear that word all the time, right? But for a moment, I'd like you to, to really try to get in touch with what goes on when there's a war that's happening. What are people doing to other people? Uh, what's happening to villages and what's happening to cities and what's happening to countries? Think about all, all of the, all the buildings that are destroyed. Think about all the families that are destroyed. Uh, all the husbands and wives that are killed. All the children that are left parentless. Uh, children that are killed. Families that are destroyed. Think of all the tears that have been shed on this planet over all these thousands of years of mankind's existence, over all the wars that have been fought and all the grief and all the sadness that, that all those wars have brought. Now, as you're thinking about that word, war, and what war really means, when your subconscious mind connects with what you are consciously thinking about, what will happen is your body will start to sway backward. It usually takes anywhere from three to ten seconds. The more you do this, uh, the more rapid your body will more rapidly your body will respond. So that's a negative thing. Now let's shift gears. And um, the vast majority of you that are listening uh, have probably, you probably experienced your body swaying backward. That's your subconscious mind trying to move you away from the sheer negativity of that thought of war. Now what I'd like you to do is uh, shift gears and let's do something positive. Uh, I'd like you to imagine for a moment that a thousand years have gone by and you're, you're still alive. You're a different person than you used to be. But you are still alive and you have changed in some really significant ways. One thing that's happening is you are now living in a space of unconditional love. 
there is unconditional love that is surrounding you now. Imagine, what would that feel like to be surrounded with unconditional love? Imagine everything in the universe having nothing but this overwhelming, pure, unconditional love for you, all beings, all creatures, all of creation. What would that be like? But not only that, imagine what it would be like to be a being of unconditional love. Imagine that a thousand years into the future, you have grown to a point where your ability to love others unconditionally has progressed in this exponential manner. And that now the love that you have, that love that fills your heart for all of creation is so big that your heart can't even contain that love. And that love expands out from you and it goes out into the world and it fills the world and it goes beyond that and it goes out and it fills the solar system and fills the universe. What would it feel like to be that ascended of a being? Now, you're probably right on your tiptoes right now. And that's your subconscious mind telling you, yes, this is a potential future for me, you see. And that's what's exciting. So that's, that's how I like to introduce this method that we call the sway test. Now what you can do is you can ask a question, all right, and you can get an answer. And the question that I'd like you to ask yourself since we're talking about the heart wall is I'd like you to simply hold this thought in your mind, this question in your mind, do I have a heart wall? Do I have a heart wall? Think about that. Hold that question in your mind until your subconscious mind connects with what you are holding in your mind, and then you'll get an answer. And the subconscious mind will sway forward for yes, Sway your physical body forward for yes. You may sway backward for no. If you sway forward for yes, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it means you've got a heart wall. If you sway backward for no, well, you may not have a heart wall, but you probably still have emotional baggage. So you can use this simple method of testing. And uh, the next step would be to get, get a hold of an emotion code chart. And um, uh, you can find those online. Um, those are available on our website. You can do a Google search, and there's a, probably a million or two of those there. And uh, you can look at that chart, and uh, you can divide that chart up. It's a chart that consists of, it consists of 60 emotions divided into two columns and six rows. And so the next step is to ask, um, if, if you have a heart wall, uh, you, the next question is, can I release an emotion from my heart wall now? And if you get a yes answer on that, you sway forward. Uh, then you can look at that chart and you can ask if the emotion is in column A or column B. And you can follow it down, odd rows, even rows, and you can actually very quickly identify what emotion that is. It's best to go through the process with the book because it will walk you through it step by step. But... Um, but it's actually a very simple process. Once you identify the emotion, uh, then you might need to dig a little deeper and find out when this emotion happened to you. Uh, trapped emotions can happen at any time. They can happen during, uh, during the time that you're in the womb. You may have emotional baggage from what your, what your mom was going through, uh, typically. Um, you might have trapped emotions from when you were a child, uh, 
things that happened to you that maybe you don't remember. And uh, you might have emotional baggage from breakups in junior high or high school or even before uh, the emotional things that we go through um, can be really difficult. It can stay with us. So, um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully that worked for a lot of you. Um, tapping into the subconscious mind and getting answers is, uh, is really how the game is played. It makes it so fun because you just trust the subconscious and you allow it to tell you what needs to be done and what your emotional baggage is and release that. And, uh, and it can just change your life in really so many exciting ways. It's, uh, <laughs> and it's not hard to do either. Now, when you do it in your office, do you do muscle testing rather than the swaying? Uh, well, I don't actually have an office. I just have a home. <laughs> I retired. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm no longer at practice. I retired in 2004. But uh, there are a number of other methods that we use. Uh, I don't personally use the sway test too much because there are faster methods um, that I've been able to develop and master. And we teach a lot of those in the Emotion Code book as well. So there are ways to okay. do it other ways. Hmm. So interesting. Um, so... Um, so you were talking about, actually, I was going to ask you, can we develop a heart wall from childhood? And you were just speaking about that. Um, a lot of times we, you know, in order to survive our childhood, we have to block our heart. We have to block our feelings, right? Absolutely right. Unfortunately, so many mm-hmm. children are abused. And uh, and it, it it's not just abuse. It's, it's our parents uh, arguing and, you know, not only that, I mean, it's, it's things that happen to us. I mean, I had a heart wall, and um, my parents never argued. They were childhood sweethearts, and I grew up in this really Id- uh, idyllic home. But, um, but, you know, there were things that happened to me where there was a little bit of bullying that went on, and um, I had some emotional baggage from that. And, um, uh, you know, it's interesting, the kinds of things that happen. I remember <laughs> for for your, uh, I don't know, you'll, you're probably um, not old enough to remember this, but there was a, uh, I'll just tell you one of the things that created a trapped emotion for me that I just remember that was kind of funny. I had a, um, back in the early days, back in the 60s when I was growing up, um, there was a show, um, it was, um, there was a show on TV, and it was, um, they had a, there was a doll that they, it was, it was called Topo Gijo, and I had this Topo Gijo doll. It was, uh, <laughs> well, you remember that? that? Topo Gijo, wasn't that um, Ed Sullivan? Yeah, it was Topo Ed Gijo. Sullivan. Yeah. Right. Topo Gijo, right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I had this Topo Gijo doll, and, uh, and it broke one day, and I can remember I was, I was just heartbroken about this. And so my mom didn't like me playing with dolls, I think. And so she took the doll that was broken and she just put it up on top of the fridge and just kind of gave me this look that was like, okay, you're done with this thing. And I was so sad, so sad. And I developed a trapped emotion from that. I was young. I mean, I was probably, I don't even remember, maybe six years old or something. So, uh, you know, we develop emotional baggage that then can affect us years later down the road. And so sometimes we wonder gee, why isn't my life working like it should be? Or why can't I find my soulmate? Or why do I have this, uh, this propensity uh, for these illnesses? Why do I have pain? You know, why, why isn't my life working better? And, um, 
Emotional baggage is where it's at. It is what we carry around with us uh, that is imbalancing us in so many ways. And getting rid of it is just such a wonderful thing. You know, when you remove enough of your emotional baggage, it's, it's almost like stepping out of this old suit you've been walking around in your whole life into this new state of being that is much closer to who you are really supposed to be. Right. And, and my um, daughter, my daughter yeah. um, at 35, she started working with an energy healer. The energy. Now, my daughter had, like you talk about, an idyllic childhood, um, no trauma really in her life whatsoever. She started with this energy healer. Energy healer said, you're suffering from some deep-seated humiliation. And my daughter mm-hmm. said, I can't even imagine what that would be. So she called me and she's like, Mom, do you remember any of this? I said, well, the only thing I can remember is when you were in first grade and you had a really nasty art teacher and you didn't Mm. follow the instructions perfectly and she stood you up in front of the class and tore your picture up in front of all the classmates. Oh, my gosh. You never told me about it, but I got calls from other parents saying, did you hear what happened to Cammie today? Oh, no. saying this mom it's resonating i feel it i feel the humiliation you know and oh, she's been well, yeah. that all those years and never realized it. it was the only humiliating experience she'd ever had but it yeah. stayed in so yes absolutely absolutely yeah this does it, it does it stays with us you know and um some some of the stories that uh that have come into us are just so moving. Uh, there was a woman named Luana that wrote into us, and after getting rid of her heart wall, um, she said the relief is unexplainable to the point of shedding tears of joy for the release of carrying such heavy burdens for so many years. Heavy energetic burdens. Think about that. Heavy, you know, just emotional baggage that was real. She said, "What a wonderful feeling of release that I never dreamed would come true." Um, you know, it's just so, it's really so incredible. Um, you know, another one that came in, uh, was a woman from a woman named Beth. She said, I have always felt that emotions are the basis of all illness and doing the emotion go technique confirms this for me. Working on removing my heart wall has given me a calmness, determination, and sense of true self that I never felt before. I've always been a very spiritual person with a strong faith in God but the emotion code has allowed me to feel even more connection and clarity. Isn't that wonderful? So, and, yeah. And then I, gotta, I, I have to read one more to you. <laughs> In this short period, after yes, from releasing her heart wall, she said, after yesterday, my struggle is finally over and I truly feel free, free to just love and be. Now I can dance naked in my own living room if I like. I can jiggle it and, w- and giggle it, having sex with my husband with abandoned joy. And let me tell you, he is one happy fella. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. So right. can there ever be a situation where we have um, sort of a, uh, that we come into this world with some kind of issue with our brain or chemical imbalance or something like that, that may keep us from being able to release um, or, or to feel complete joy like this? Is there well, anything you know, that... Well, you know, I think that... Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think that, um, you know, in my experience, uh, we, 
we do bring into this world, most of us, if not all of us, uh, inherit emotional energy from mom or dad at conception. And, um, and you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, uh, that affects us in our lives. So in other words, when we're born, um, we're not an entirely blank slate. Um, we're born with emotional energies that have been shared to us, passed down from our ancestors. And um, one of the most powerful healing experiences that, that I personally had uh, had to do with an inherited trapped emotion that originated 22 generations back up my line, up my father's side with a grandmother of mine. Hmm. And uh, that energy was passed down to me. So it, you see, scientists are finding now that um, animals will pass on uh, to their posterity uh, traumatic memories somehow. They don't, scientists have no way of knowing, they, they don't know how this works, but this is how it works. It's an energy phenomenon. People, what happens is when an ancestor has some kind of traumatic thing happen, for example, that grandmother of mine 22 generations ago, the emotion was hopelessness. We don't know what happened with her, but that emotion was very powerful, got trapped in her body. When she conceived a child, her subconscious mind decided, let's share this energy, pass this energy to that child. And that had been going down my line like a freight train. And um, when that was released, that changed my life. And I had passed it to my daughter, who, um, uh, and it was released from her as well. And all of a sudden, um, she found out that she was an artist, and all this art started pouring out of her. We went to an art showing about a year after this was released. She's one of the most amazing artists I've, I've ever seen. She's just absolutely so gifted. But she'd never painted a thing until that emotional energy, that ancient hopelessness energy was released. So think about this. You know, we all have ancestors, right? What did they go through? Well, you know, maybe you're Jewish and your ancestors went through the Holocaust or, or, or further back than that, maybe the pogroms. Maybe your ancestors were black and they were slaves. Um, I mean, there were all kinds of things that happened to all of our ancestors at some point. And so we are carrying their baggage in some cases. We all have this. And you can also find that kind of energy and release it. And um, that's, uh, that's just one of the most amazing things about this work, that, um, that you can find that even that kind of energy that's been with you forever, um, you know, since, since you were conceived, that's when we receive those kinds of energies. And so a lot of the time when people are born, they already have these energies, and, uh, and so, you know, it's affecting them. So it's just... So, uh, you, so did your daughter have to release it or you just released it and she was released from it? Yeah. My, my, well, my daughter was actually working on me one day and she found this. And the, uh, and the, the story that she tells is that uh, when, she, when she found that I had this trapped emotion... She started tracing it back through muscle testing. She's tapping into my subconscious mind from a distance, which we teach in the book. And she found that I had gotten this from my father. We'd gotten it from his mother. And then it stayed in the mother's line. It went back 22 generations. And when my daughter arrived at, that, at the point of origin for this, that grandmother 22 generations back, all of a sudden 
she could feel someone standing next to her. And there wasn't, she couldn't see anybody, but she, she knew who it was. It was this grandmother that this started with. And she could feel her emotions. She could feel how desperate she was, uh, how desperate this woman was, this grandmother was, to have this emotional energy released from her posterity. That's what she'd passed down to everybody. But she could also feel how overwhelmingly grateful she was to have this done. And so when my daughter released that uh, trapped emotion, it released from me, it released from her, it released from that grandmother, and then released through all those generations all the way back. And that's one of the really – and I wish we had more time because I could tell you some stories. <laughs> wow. That's an, it, it's, it truly is amazing. It's, it's, we're so much more than, than, than what we think we are. I just – I love this. I mean, I love, um, I love quantum physics. I love quantum healing. I – you know, it, it's so hard to imagine when we look at ourselves or, or feel ourselves that we're not really these solid beings, but that we are fully energetic and that our emotions are energetic and our thoughts are energetic yeah. and everything about us is energetic. It's very hard to right. imagine. But, but as you're, you know, with the method, um, you know, with the emotion code, it really does prove that. It really does prove that we are energetic beings and um yeah, I you know this is um yeah. this is fantastic. So your book is um the emotion code, and um, huh? I said actually before you came on, I said you have um a free emotion code starter kit on discoverhealing.com. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. People can go to discoverhealing.com, and right at the top there, they can uh, they can just put in their uh, their first name, I think, and email address. And then what we do is we send them back the first two chapters of the book so they can actually uh, read it. And, you know, without having to actually spend any money, uh, they can read it and they can find out, you know, if it's something that they want to pursue. And then, of course, the book's available on our website at Discover Healing. It's also available, um, you know, of course, Amazon, all the major bookstores. Uh, it's available on Audible, too. And... Uh, so yeah, it's easy to easy to obtain, and um, yeah, it's fun stuff. It's you know it's it's so exciting, Randy, because we're in this age now where um, we're finally uh, we're finally starting to realize, just like you were talking about, it's so hard to wrap your head around the fact that we really are beings of pure energy, but it's exactly the, what we are. It's exactly the truth. You know, some quantum physicists recently figured out that. Uh, if you could remove all the empty space from everybody's bodies, you know, all that space in between all those atoms, um, you could actually fit all 7.8 billion people on Earth into a little box uh, the size of a sugar cube. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can, yeah, you, you can't wrap your mind around it, but it's kind of, there are some things that we can't, can't wrap our, our minds around. Like, for example, think about space. I mean, space is infinite. Well, we can say that, we can't wrap our minds around it because, I mean, if you get in a spaceship and you keep going forever, you never reach the end ever, 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 ever. And if you do, you run into some big curtain. Well, what's on the other side of that? I mean, you know, so we can't wrap our heads around it. But nevertheless, it's uh, there are things we just can't comprehend here. But it's true. <laughs> well, well. I have your book, The Emotion Code, from when you were with me last, which I don't really remember exactly when it was, but uh, I'm going to go back through this book and reread it <laughs> because I'm very intrigued. 
So, <laughs> oh gosh. So thank you. I'm so glad that we got to talk again um, about the heart yeah. wall and it brought us to the emotion code and it's all one, right? Everything's, you must've been so excited to yep. discover this, this emotion code. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, initially, uh, and it wasn't like a sudden um, thing that happened all of a sudden one day. It was, it was me in a practice working day in, day out, um, you know, 80-hour week sometimes, just trying to help people and just trying to figure out what was really wrong with them. And um, tapping into the subconscious mind yeah, and getting answers. Uh, I was trying to get information and, and understanding from anywhere I could, you know, ancient sources, modern sources. And I was also praying all the time and asking God to help me. And so, um, so yeah, the end result is the emotion code, and it's super fast and easy. Yes, it is. It's amazing. Wow, it's been wonderful having you. Thank you for coming back. I so appreciate that. It's been really a great, great hour spending with you. Thank you so much, Randy. And uh, yeah, if you if you want to do it again, let us know, and we could talk about uh, inherited trapped emotions or animals okay. and emotions. You learn how to do um, how to work with animals too with the emotion coach. Is cool. Okay. Wow. That does sound cool. Okay. All right. Well, have a wonderful day. Thanks again. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, so we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.